Menace to Sports is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity, like Progressive Home and Auto Policies. They're best when bundled, too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings is $779 by new customers surveyed who save with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, not available in all states. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Or do you do what everybody else in the media does, just create some shit and throw it on the wall and see what sticks, which is what I see happening everywhere. Where are we at in society today? I'm a man. I'm 40. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my <laughs> Menace to society. It is Thursday, September 5th for Patreon subscribers, and Friday, September 6th for the rest of yous. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Menace to Society, the show that gives you the insider access, under the hood perspective into college football, into really um, life's issues, society. And I uh, want to just shout out our listeners, our fans. I mean, this, is, this has been an un- incredible journey so far. I mean, we're over 650,000 downloads. We have our advertising and, and, and sponsorship platform launching next week. Uh, still open to sponsors and advertisers, if interested. Sponsorship at com. But I think that's launching uh, next, it should be next episode, next week, uh, if not later in the week. And then that, that, that'll be a platform that's ever-changing, ever-developing. So excited about that, because that's going to give us the freedom and opportunity to, to make this great grow on an, at an exponential rate. But anyways, I uh, want to jump into some of the things that have happened, uh, the, I guess, this this weekend, this week, after the first weekend of college football, because there's some interesting things that have occurred and some interviews that I want to jump into because they there's some concerning, concerning programs and states of the your teams. So let's, let's jump into one of the most comical ones today. I'll tell you what, one of the, one of the craziest things I've seen um, <laughs> literally in 15 years is the reaction of the camp at Florida State, the coaching staff, and the players in media interviews this week. Did you guys see it? Yeah, it, I saw some of it. I saw Willie Taggart's interview uh, so about it. it, was, it was, so Willie Taggart's interview was, was wild, and that's what's getting the most clicks right now is his interview. Now, I want to play right now their starting center. Bavion Johnson's interview because it is terrifying if you're a Florida State fan. Terrifying. Listen to this. Um, conditioning when our strong suit and that's what we plan to get work on and we plan to improve this week. So do you think you guys weren't weren't prepared for that game? No. We were prepared. I wasn't prepared. We all weren't prepared. Was it like the speed of the game or I feel like it was just conditioning overall, and that's what we need to get better at. This man said, I feel like the conditioning is what we need to get better at overall. (laughs) What? That should never be an issue. 
Never mind I mean, that. I mean, that's not his. Wh- who is the strength coach? The condition. What have you been doing for eight months? Exactly. He said, I feel like we weren't prepared. Major strike for the coaching staff and your own line coach. Whoa. And then he said, I feel like I wasn't prepared. Huge strike again. Another one. On your coach. Another one. And then he said, they said, no, what do you think the ultimate issue was? He said, I feel like it was just the conditioning. The con- the the what? <laughs> you have a coach. His title is strength and, and what is it? Conditioning. Conditioning. <laughs> you have a son of a bitch on your staff that's paid probably five hundred grand a year to make sure you're in condition. <laughs> and and five hundred grand, that's you know, that's probably low, low end. Especially but at Florida State. That's a big ass school. He said we were not probably our conditioning was the issue. Well, and, and what I saw on Twitter that really uh rang true with me, I saw some former Florida players. Uh, Take Casey and Ahmad Black going back and forth about this. And they said, because Willie Taggart said, you know, we got to start hydrating on Monday or whatever, you know, which he came back and said, that's not what he meant. It wasn't the hydration, all this stuff. There's a specific time to hydrate? But Ahmad Black and Take Casey are sitting there like, what do you mean you got to start hydrating on Monday? You don't stop hydrating ever. (laughs) Like Coach Mick would not let us stop hydrating ever. And I said... That's the difference between an elite strength staff and a mediocre one. It's, it's elite. Yeah, what? Elite, <laughs> elite. I don't care. Well, that's that's the, the real problem here is um, I don't know what they do. I, I no idea what Willie Taggart's program is designed around. But let me tell you what an elite program does. Elite. Let me tell you what an elite program does. <laughs> you talk about hydration. That starts, I don't know, when you arrive. Yeah. There is... at a. There is pee tests. Like you have, every day, you have to pee in a cup. They test your hydration. Every day, you have Gatorades in your meeting room, and it's your coach needs to force those Gatorades down your throat. Well, yeah, I heard that coaches at Ohio State would just throw them at your face, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, on top of that, these strength coaches would stop by your meeting room and your meetings and stop your meeting, interrupt it. Force guys to chug an entire Gatorade. Yeah. And I'm talking about this is daily. So it's all about, oh, we need to look at hydration. We weren't conditioned enough. W- w- what? You need a new <laughs> head coach. You need a new c- CEO. Well, do you really think that it's hydration? It, well, do you really is, think is it's it, a hydration issue? Because the, the, I mean, be, the best part is it doesn't matter. Well, no, of course I don't think it was hydration. Giving they got their eight. ass. They got their ass beat by Boise State. No, it's not hydration. But if that's what we're going to in the media of all places, time to go. That could be an excuse. I think that is just an excuse. <laughs> but here's the thing: because they if lost, it's an they lost an 18 point lead. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we just got tired. Well, I don't so, care. I that's mean, even that to me. I would rather a head coach come out and say, you know what? We fucked up. Oh, I We messed up you. the game. We lost. But to come out and say it's hydration or conditioning or whatever, well, then you did something wrong a long time ago. It wasn't one game. That's an well, issue with your program. It's all about the setup of the program. And, 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 and the strength coach needs to be fired today. Today. He needs to be fired today. I don't he know. Might, you don't think he's just a scapegoat right now then? No. 
Well, if he's the scapegoat, it's time to go. Well, <laughs> you know how many coaches get fired uh, because they're the scapegoat? 95%. Mm-hmm. I know one. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, that's what staffs do. They fire the defensive staff because the defense sucks because the head coach is going to lose his job. So let's blame it on the strength staff, get rid of them, bring a new one in, and hopefully save my job. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. But anyways, regardless of that, um, there, there's that's not how an elite program is functions. It's not how it's designed. It's not how it is built. It's not how Alabama – Nick Saban would never come out and say – we just lost the game because we weren't hydrated we weren't enough. Hydrated. And his and his starting center would never come out and say, I wasn't prepared, no. or we just need to condition more. That'll never happen, ever. And so Florida State, by the way, used to be I remember an Alabama-esque program. I remember when Florida State was really good. Even if Alabama's center believed he wasn't prepared, he would never say it. Yeah, I don't think he would ever say that. Well, no. He would never say he wasn't prepared. That That's going back to my point. This exactly. Is an, this is an elite program. supposed to be an elite program. Your, your center would never say he wasn't prepared, ever, unless it was some bizarre scenario that never would happen. And so it's... Florida, I, I have never seen Florida State this down in my life, I guess. I know they were well, probably before I was born. I talked, about, Jesus. I, I talked about it last episode. This is solely, sir, like solely to be blamed on the fact that they hired an average head coach yep. and now they're mad they hired an average head coach like that's outrageous and so it's just it's just something else it's i i i've never seen such a implosion and also the 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 aftermath well Maybe Tennessee, but that's another story. No, but the aftermath is not even close. That's my point. You don't think so? No. You never heard anyone from Tennessee say anything remotely close to this. Yeah, no, it's just the fans. I'm talking about I'm talking yeah. about the aftermath. Every every program has at some point had an implosion. The aftermath? What we're saying in the media, the week to follow? Like the excuses? Yeah, I think it, what it comes down to is it, the leadership at Florida State. Like even at Tennessee, they've had a decade of despair. They have been awful, but the leadership at Florida State doesn't know what the hell to do right now, and they're just throwing out excuses, and their players are throwing out excuses, and it's yeah. worse than anything I've ever seen. Well, it's disjointed. It's clearly disjointed. I mean, Willie Taggart certainly did not want his center to say he wasn't prepared, the team wasn't prepared, they weren't well conditioned. He did not want him to say that, but the. the like anything else, there's truth to that. The kids said it. Oh yeah. So that's the issue they're dealing with. And now I God think if you're a Florida State fan, just watch out. Watch out for how this year goes. Buckle up. And it's gonna be Willie Taggart's last year. They need to get a Bowden in there. Okay. <laughs> Who? Which Any one? Of them, I don't know. What's Terry doing? Who Maybe cares? he's not busy. Just bring one in. Right. <laughs> just bring me a Bowden. Yep. You got a kid, a grandkid, something. Or a Jimbo. <laughs> Maybe a Jimbo is a out Jimbo. there somewhere. All right, so here's my next question. And, and I don't think it's a difficult question. But who are the who is the most disappointing team in each conference this, this from this past weekend? After week one, the most disappointing team in each conference? Yeah, well, for I'd sure. I'd have to say number one is obviously, what, Tennessee? But Yes, I don't think uh, there's much argument. Uh, Tennessee fans won't even argue that they're the most disappointing That's team. number one. So Tennessee is number one. 
Losing to Georgia, Georgia Southern, Georgia no. State, no, Georgia no, no, no. State. Georgia State. Yeah, Georgia Southern <laughs> would have been a more impressive <laughs> loss. Georgia, Georgia Southern would have beat Georgia State by twenty-one. <laughs> so they, Tennessee lost to Georgia State. That's got to be number one. Mm. Florida State has to be a, a, a relatively close second, right? Yeah, number two, blowing an eighteen-point lead versus a a Boise State but team. It was that Boise State, but it's that you're thinking of Boise State that beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. It's not that team anymore. <laughs> All right, so Tennessee, Boise, or Tennessee, Florida State, one, two. Who's three? I'm going to go with Iowa State out of the Big Twelve ah. going to triple overtime with Northern Iowa. Well, they won, yeah. but I'll tell you this. Northern Iowa had a coach back in the day that really built that program up. Gene Chizik? No. <laughs> Earl Bruce. No, I know he did. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Earl built it up back in the 70s or that was, 60s or whenever and and it's still holding true now. So, that was that was the Earl Bowl. Yeah, that was Iowa, the Earl Bowl. Iowa or, State Earl Bowl. Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Well, go figure it goes to triple overtime. So <laughs> Iowa State is the one of the it's the third most disappointing team cuz pe- some people thought they would make a run to go to the to, to win to, the whole thing. To have a chance to win the Big 12. Well, they, they were some number uh number 21 in the country. Some of them said that they might go to the playoff. No, nah, I don't no, know who said no, that. Some people okay, did. Okay, yeah, my daughter maybe, but <laughs> All right, so Iowa State, these, next one's got to be UCLA, right? Yeah, I'd put UCLA up Ch- there. I mean, Chip Kelly, UCLA losing to Cincinnati for the second year in a row. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd think he'd have his his quarterback Dorian uh what's his name? Dorian DTR. Uh, DTR. Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, you'd think he would have them more in that game. Who if so you who, if you listen to ESPN, was Justin Fields back up in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, right? But small small caveat, he uh is not from Justin Fields High School. He's from <laughs> Vegas. He was Tate Martell's Tate back. Tate Martell, right? Bishop but, Gorman. But regardless, all right, UCLA. Then uh, who else we got? Well, what? we we only got the Big Ten left, and uh, I I think the Big Ten's got to uh, be Purdue. Yeah, I think Purdue is the obvious choice in the Big Ten. They disappointed on. I I think Minnesota competed with them as the most disappointing. But I think Purdue definitely takes the cake. Well, Minnesota was the most disappointing team in the Big Ten, but they had no expectation. Yep. Purdue had expectation, yeah. and they 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 really didn't live up to expectation. So absolutely, I honestly I think we're we're missing one. I think the Missouri Missouri lost to Wyoming, and Missouri got the most votes in the AP poll to be what number twenty six. So they were almost ranked in the AP AP poll, and they lost, lost to Wyoming. Wyoming. That's a fair. That's a fair uh, submission. But, but if you have to you, pick you, one from the SEC, you you're going Tennessee. Yeah, you can't not pick Tennessee. Well, I agree with that. I'm yeah. just saying that we love Yeah. That. Oh, Missouri's an honorable mention. Honor, yeah. Honorable mention. Honorable mention, Missouri. You win an honorable mention. Missouri and Minnesota, honorable mention. There, there you go. go. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. There's the, the five most disappointing performances this week. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the game of the week. And it is the game of two weeks, really, because right. this is the matchup. Texas LSU. Oh, yeah. Jose Barose, as Jose you say. Jose Joe, <laughs> you're taking my my name. Joe Burrow versus Sam Ellinger. Who is go- better yet? Tom Herman. Yep. Versus Coach O. Versus Eddie O. <laughs> the the real question here is because I don't know. I, I I do know that you guys watched opening weekend. LSU looked stellar. Oh yeah, phenomenal. And Texas, not that Texas looked bad. No, but. 
man, LSU's defense looked phenomenal. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow looked phenomenal. He had five touchdowns in Hosey. the first half. Hosey had five touchdowns yeah. passes in the first half. Well, right? the, mor- the moral of the story is, and, and I know we already detailed this in a previous episode, but uh, the biggest question mark is going to be Texas's O-line. And um, you can just discard everything that happened before this. Um, I, they, they returned their their center, the captain of their O-line, and um, they return a tackle. But the, the huge question mark is their O-line. And LSU is mm-hmm. bringing in a top 25 defense from last year that absolutely played out of their mind last week. against. Uh, uh, granted, against a lesser opponent. But still, the front seven making the trip from Baton Rouge to Austin should be salty. And uh, I know they lost their their best overall player, the, the Buckets Award winner, Devin White, but mm-hmm. but they brought back their Fiesta Bowl defensive MVP, Rashard Lawrence, and um, he had knee surgery after the season, and, and he should be healthy. And uh, he's looking to be an All-American this year. And their secondary should be outrageous. And the real question here, I think, is can Texas actually protect Sam Ellinger? Can they? They couldn't against very average Big 12 defenses last season. And LSU looks to have a top 10 defense in the country. So, like, can they really protect him? And can they move the ball, throwing the ball against that secondary? Can that happen? Against that secondary. Did you see the Texas picture of the guy that was wearing the T-shirt that said there is only one DBU? So, I'll tell you this. <laughs> let me let me just... Which, I, I mean, Texas is DBU? So, okay. let, me, let me just tell you. So, there, there's a coach, uh, there's a high school coach in Florida right now, Jacquez Green who, if anyone has any knowledge of the history of college football, mm-hmm. was an All-American elite player at, at Florida. Great yeah. great receiver, played for the Bucks. great player. And, and he saw that picture <laughs> and, and tweeted at them. It was like, literally, I looked it up in the last like 10 years, the highest you finished in pass defense was 74. Se- 74, right? Yeah. Like, calm down <laughs> about DBU. And it's... it's I was cracking up. But it's that. like, like you, you sit there and you're like, but that is Tom Herman's stigma, and it's it's not even a bad stigma. Coaches do it all the time. You 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 try to like give your players some false bravado, mm-hmm. some false confidence, and then maybe they'll play like well, DBU, especially but, against a team like LSU, who is they they might be on the brink of like a playoff team. So you have to give them some kind well, of confidence, I think. Right? Well, to both both teams are on the brink of playoffs, right? Well, both teams, yes. in my opinion, are out are, are are on that cusp of if Texas can win this game somehow, or even if they don't, if they beat Oklahoma, they're they're arguably a playoff team. And if LSU can beat Alabama, oh my God, yeah, they, they you might as well just give them a ticket, <laughs> right? And so that, that's that's the moral story. And LSU's offense looked phenomenal this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they, had, they brought seven starters back, including the man, the myth, the legend, Jose Barroso. Jose, Jose, Jose Barroso. And, and here's the problem with uh, sports media. I don't know if you saw the article, but there were, I can't I can't even remember who who wrote it. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. The headline was, after three years on the bench and being discarded by Ohio State, uh-huh. Joe Burrow is is leading LSU. It's like, shut up. He's Joe Burrow was discarded. People at Ohio State love Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. The coaches, the f- fans, everyone did. He was in a battle with, Dwayne, with Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. He got hurt, and he made a decision to say, you know what, I think I can find a better fit, and he went to LSU. And look at him. Both of them are thriving. Why? 
these sports media writers need to th- just just loathe in 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 this like miserable world. It's like no, everyone succeeded out of that. Like well, Joe Burrow also could have been the starter at Ohio State. We don't know. Well, Hosey, he was in a battle with Dwayne Haskins, who is probably going to be the best quarterback in that draft class. Yeah, he threw fifty touchdown, fifty passes. touchdowns. Okay, but reg- let's not act like it but, was. But time he out. just got. Sh- thrown away but but let's not forget it was not and and i can tell you this from the genuine the the most genuine part of my heart it was not a done deal like like Mm -hmm. every we all saw the talent that was dwayne haskins but he didn't have a great spring joe had a good uh, uh, the the battle was was neck and neck. It was not like, oh, Dwayne's definitely the guy. Joe needs to leave. No one said that. No coach, no one in the program, not even Joe. I think he just was coming back from an injury and said, you know what? I want to go somewhere where I know the situation. And it's like, now it's like discarded by Ohio State and, and, and all on the bench for three years. He was on the bench for three years because we had JT Barrett, who was like the 18 million time Big Ten Quarterback of the year, like, right. like what do you mean? Right. Calm you, down. Yeah, and uh, I, I think people think that the coaches at Ohio State strung Joe along to try to keep him there, but that wasn't at all what it was. No, it, it certainly wasn't what it was. And and obviously, everyone at Ohio State would have loved to have him there, uh, whether he was mm-hmm. the starting quarterback or not is irrelevant. But nobody would not want to have Dwayne as your backup or Joe as your backup. I mean, look at look at what's going on right now. Of course you want both. Well, I think that Joe saw the opportunity at LSU because they have not had a, a elite quarterback. What do you mean? I saw the opportunity. Well, I, yeah, like I and you go to LSU and I call just... I literally called the NCA and said, Hey, how does this work? Like I played college football for a year and then didn't play after that. How's the clock work? I'm I might want to go be the quarterback at LSU. <laughs> like who, you see the talent on that team, and you're just like, I want to go there. Like just give That's me, it. just give me a guy that understands defenses and knows where to throw it. Mm-hmm. And you're already a leg up. Now Joe's a much higher leg well, up than than you. Well, hundred percent certainly than me. <laughs> Jesus. But moral of the story is th- this is this is a premier matchup, and I, I it's it's. It's it's the game of the year thus far. Uh, it it outdoes Oregon Auburn. It, it, this is the game. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm excited on it. Excited about it on so many levels, um, especially because of the DBU shirts, mm-hmm. the Tom Herman a- aspect, and this is going to be awesome. So I I will um, go. Let, let's go back on our predictions from a month ago and and. Throw it back out there. What do you guys think? I don't remember what I said. It doesn't matter. What do you think now? <laughs> probably whatever I said back then. But I I think um, probably LSU will beat them by I'm thinking ten. Ten. So probably like a ten 20, nothing. Twenty eight to ten or twenty eight to twenty. Sorry. Twenty eight to twenty is eight. But oh, uh, thirty to twenty. Sorry. <laughs> Again, um, I'm going with and and I think I said this in the last time we broke this down. I honestly believe LSU wins handily. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be as close as people think because I don't think Sam Ellinger and Texas's offense can handle LSU's defense at all. And I think that Joe Burrow will more than handle Texas's defense. I'm going 31 to 10. Ooh. Ooh. LSU, obviously. Oh. So I'll tell you this. So LSU is a six and a half point favorite. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback. I think Sam Ellinger is a better quarterback, to be honest with you. 
But I do think that that is not the deciding factor here. I think it comes down to defense. The defense, for sure. And I, and I think LSU has a top 10 defense. I think Texas has a top 50 defense. And so I think this is a game where LSU covers, and I'm with you, wins by 10. I, th- mm-hmm. or I, I, got them, I, I had them winning by 14, 35-21. I'm going to up that, and I'm going to say 35-24. I think Texas kicks a field goal, and, uh, and, wins, and LSU wins by 11. 11. Yeah. Now on to the, probably the second most uh, talked about, and uh, the, it'll be the, the one of the most watched games of the weekend is is obviously going to be Clemson A and M. That's a huge matchup. It's fun, uh, the one of the only tests for uh, Clemson, and and A and M looks to hopefully unseat the champs. Well, well, and and I think if you look at it, this is Clemson's only game no, of the right. year. It's their only game. You're right. Well, that that's the issue. Outside of a letdown. This is the one game where they have to play a real team. <laughs> well, they they play Syracuse. Hold on, they play Syracuse. Okay. So. Any, anyways, anyways, <laughs> the 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 real storyline here is can Trevor Lawrence bounce, bounce back, back? Yeah, from an average at best game. Average and, is putting it lightly. Yeah, putting it lightly, mm-hmm. and 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 bounce back and win a big time game because, like we talked about with Oregon Auburn, you need a quarterback to go win you a big time game. And can Trevor Lawrence do that? Because I'm going to tell you right now, he played average at best last mm-hmm. week. And I know they played Texas State, but Kellen Mond played out of his mind. He played really well. He graded out 82% on the game. And so did I- Isaiah Spiller played pretty well as well. He had over 100 yards rushing. On yeah. seven carries. Yeah, I know. That's what well, I'm saying. Again, like you don't want to... Against re- Texas State. Yeah, you don't want to read too much into I mean, it. And, and it, none of... None of last week has any bearings on this week. Mm-hmm. However, Trevor Lawrence did not look impressive. Now, I've, I've said it a hundred times, and I'll say it again. Travis Etienne oh, is the most oh. explosive player in college football. I believe that. Him and Jerry Judy. One, in, one A, 1B. One and so... Well, he had a decent game. Oh, yeah, slightly. <laughs> Ran for what? Over 200 yards? 12 what, carries, 205 three yards, touchdowns? three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Decent game. So the moral of the story is, is so Clemson's favorite, what would you just tell me? 16 and a half? Yep, 16 and a half. Can Clemson... First of all, spreads are spreads, and you already know how I feel about Vegas. So they, they'll win they, by 16 or 17. Right. <laughs> Vegas knows more than anyone. However, they, they're, they're wrong occasionally. <laughs> And so, can Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher, can they actually pull this off? This is at Clemson. Will this happen? Like, will it be a game? Is Not it, that they need to. No, all I care about is, will this be a game? Well, I think if you look at it, this is Jimbo's chance. Jimbo was brought there, the $10 million man, right? He's getting paid about $10 million a year. This is what he was brought to do, was to play in these games and to win. And so... I, he doesn't have to win this one, obviously. He's not going to be on the hot seat if he doesn't. But can they compete on this level? Oh, I'm, I agree. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, their, their top graded out players from last game were their two D tackles and their two corners at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Jaden Peavy was the top graded player in the game defensively for Texas A&M, which he, he's a D tackle. And they're two corners, Rodney Elam and Miles Jones, graded out three and four. So their defense played well. I don't, I don't know what that means when they play a exactly. real team, exactly. but, <laughs> but it's promise, right? It's hope. And so I, I'm really, I'm curious to, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. And uh, in my opinion, I think Clemson's loaded. 
especially I think Travis Etienne is 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 the most explosive player in the country. I think that defense is is looking to prove something because they've they've always been a lower top tier defense and they are loaded on defense. I think this is a game where Clemson comes out. I don't know if they cover an a sixteen and a half point spread, but I think they win convincingly. I think they do cover, but do you even think like if, think if Clemson loses this game, do you think they're out of the playoff? No. Absolutely, I, no, absolutely what? not. I doubt it. No. Who else do they play? Exactly. That doesn't matter. If so Cle- they go undefeated after that. If Clemson's twelve and one, they're going to the playoff. They're that, number one right now. That's not even up for debate. I I agree they shouldn't be, but they'll be in the playoff. That's they for will, sure. If they, if they lose so, this game, they will be in. So you mean to if tell me if they, if they lose their one game? And they beat a bunch of nobodies going to the ACC championship and beat a three loss Miami or whoever it is. I don't know who's on that side. You think they get in over a one yes. loss SEC? Yes, team I that do. Lost and you Bama? know why? You know why? Because preseason rankings matter. Yeah, that's a fact. Because they're number one in the country. They lose to number 12 in the country uh, yeah. and come back and just mop the floor with everyone else. Yes, they will be in. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be in. And and you're making quite a presumption that they will have to get in over a one-loss SEC team. <laughs> right. I think they will be the first one-loss team in if they lose a game. If they lose. And then probably another one. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't know that they'll get in over a one-loss SEC or Big Ten team, but they will be the first one-loss first team one-loss in team. Yep. along with one of those. But regardless. <laughs> exactly. Regardless, I I don't think they, I don't think they lose. This I game. don't think they lose either. I'm yeah, with right you. Now. They probably will not lose. I think they cover. In in my opinion, I think you look for Trevor Lawrence to have a really a big bounce back, bounce back game, oh, yeah. and uh, T Higgins to have a big game as well. Well, I'll tell you this: this is the game for Trevor Lawrence because he had an average sophomore slump first game, and he needs to come out and he needs to look like Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields, some of these elite quarterbacks that you're watching that are supposed to be elite, like Tua and people like that, that played nobody. I'm with you. Well, Jalen Hurts didn't. He played a better opponent mm-hmm. than any of them. Shea Patterson, those quarterbacks, he has to come out and say, wait a minute now, I am an elite quarterback. Here you go. Here's my resume. Here's my game. To get back into that Heisman conversation. Well, <laughs> even if it's not Heisman conversation, he has, to, he has to do it to put himself back at the top of that list. Well, just think if Texas A&M wins this game, how, Ooh, how much that SEC bias will just explode. Well, if they win it, I'll backtrack on a lot of things. Right? Like... I I just don't see it happening. But, but he sure. he's looking. You know, he played Georgia Tech. Trevor played Georgia Tech his first game. This is a supposedly much better opponent. He, he's got to play better, well, just like we talked about with Bo Nix making. You know, he's got to go win the game. That's one thing Justin Herbert couldn't do. He's got to do that. Yeah, he does have to do it, but he also has to play. You're 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 talking about this is supposed to be the best team in the country. He's got to play significantly. Great. He needs to play to his ability. Yeah, I well, guess. He, he's, like, he's got to play. He, well, what what people are looking for is him to play to his expectation. Expect, exactly. Regardless of ability, yeah, people are expecting the best quarterback in college football. Yeah. Well, you're, you have people talking about tanking for two years in a row in the NFL just to get just this to guy. Get to him. Yep. So yeah. he needs to play up to that. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this: That's my, some high expectations. I'll tell you that it certainly is. But <laughs> in my opinion. Clemson wins this game handily. 
not spread handily, but I think they win by 10 to 14 points. Um, we'll throw it out as 28-14, 35-17, somewhere in that range. Because I think Clemson is just too loaded for AM. It's, it's too early for AM for this. And I think Kellen Mond is a good player. He's not Trevor Lawrence, regardless of last week's performance. Trevor Lawrence played a much better defense. I think this is a Clemson landslide by 14 points. I'm saying more than that. I think Clemson and I, I honestly think Trevor Lawrence will come out and he knows he had a bad week last week. He's going to come out and perform and it's going to be 41-14. Clemson to win. Uh, see, I, I agree with you there. I think if Trevor Lawrence has had a uh, first week like a Jalen Hurts or a Justin Fields or something, I would be more concerned about this game, honestly. I think he comes back, bounces back, and I think Clemson wins by 17 to 21 points in this one. I, I'm, I'm saying 42-21. Yikes. No respect. <laughs> no respect for Texas A&M or, or no. Kellen Mond or Jimbo. I don't. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's why it's called predictions. <laughs> All right, now the the segment that everyone is waiting for, <laughs> P. Paul's picks. So we had uh, one person, just one person on t- on social media, get very angry that P. Paul was t- trash. Mind you, P. Paul went seven and three on Saturday, yeah, or yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Seven and three, and uh, you can go to any gambling website, and seventy percent is like you're leading the country. You're that's, you're Alabama. That's unbelievable. If you're, he can do seventy percent for the year, he's going to have a job somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So you're the you are the Alabama of gambling. <laughs> so let's let's dive into dive into. I said it. Dive oh, into. There it is. <laughs> let's dive into the seven games that people loves this week. Oh boy! And the best part is the first one is Ohio State Cincinnati. Ah, he likes Ohio State minus sixteen. Mm, yep, I'm with him on that one. I think everybody but me is. Yeah. So he likes Ohio State minus sixteen. The next one. That's a guarantee. You should put all your money on that one for the game. <laughs> the game. Oh. He likes Michigan Army. Oh. Oh. He, he likes, but however, he likes Army. Plus twenty two and a half. Yeah, not definitely. Not a lot definitely. of people are talking about Army. They were what eleven and two as well last yeah, year. Eleven and two, and they run a, a type of offense that runs clock and doesn't allow a lot of scoring. So lot, I think yeah. twenty two and a half. Twenty two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got Army plus twenty two and a half. I'd take the under as well. He's also got the Colorado Nebraska game on his slate. Mm. He's got Nebraska minus three and a half. That's a good pick. Yeah, I, I don't know much about Colorado, but that that's an interesting game that it's back. That's a good rivalry to bring back. I love that they have that how, game. How about this one? The next one, Clemson, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. He took Clemson minus 17 and a half. Mm-hmm. Wow, and the line's already moved down to 16 and a half. So. Oh, right. <laughs> well, this, this is when he submitted the picks to us. I'm with him. So I if, agree. If you get it at 16 and a half, Peepaw says do it. Do it. Put Here's the next on one, and, and I think this one is the, the surefire bet of the week. UCF FAU. How convenient, right? <laughs> oh, that's great. How convenient <laughs> they play FAU after Ohio State. This is the matchup for second best team in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, maybe first best. <laughs> uh, maybe. UCF FAU. He took UCF minus 10 and a half. Minus 10 and a half. So that's, that's his fifth game. The next one. LSU Texas, which I was shocked that this oh was on the radar. Yeah, that's a tough one, but so he took. Listen to this now. 
He took Texas plus six. Oh, boy. Oh, people. Oh, boy. Guys, one. Don't, don't get mad at him. He, yeah. ha- he might have an off week. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Watch Texas win that I game. Mean, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, 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 and I'm wrong. Be, he right. might know more than me. But and here's I the wild I one. I don't agree with that one. Here's the wi- this is the most wild one to me. I know they looked like trash last week. Stanford, USC. USC just lost their quarterback. Their quarterback's gone. Yeah. 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 And Urban's going to get the job here. And, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and USC is favored by a point and a half. Mm-hmm. Peepaw took Stanford plus one and a half. Yep, agree. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That, that That is seven solid games right there from people. Yeah, absolutely. Stanford plus one and a half, and USC just lost their quarterback? I love it. Plus one and a half? Yeah, I'd take that too. Well, there you go. That is Peepaw's pick. So if, 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 if you are looking for a 70% gambler, Peepaw is your guy. He might be higher this week. I like those picks. I, 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 I like six of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll tell you this. Peepaw was seven and three this past weekend. But our VIP members of Patreon were uh, ten and one, I think. Oh, jeez! I, I think it was nine zero oh, and one because you can't count the push as a the loss. The push is not yeah, a loss. That's, that's yeah. a good point. That's a no, good point. You, you won them all. So nine zero oh, and no, I lost one. I, uh, I can't remember which one it was. Texas or someone didn't cover. But but nine zero oh, and one. So so I am clearly outpacing people. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want, if you really want the insider info, well, I need to put my picks out there too, then because well, I'll do way better than that. Because he went zero and twelve last week, uh-huh. right? <laughs> but moral story is, if you want, if you want to get my insight nine zero and one VIP subscriber on Patreon, I got you. And if, if you if, want, if you want to go ten and zero, think about what I'm saying. And that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, uh, people is seventy percent right now. I believe I am 90%, so just <laughs> do your math. It might be worth the 20 bucks. VIP member, subscriber, Patreon. Try it out. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, appreciate you for tuning in. We definitely uh, are, are excited about this weekend and, and really excited to dive into the film uh, from the weekend and really analyze it, talk about what really happened. And uh, we're, we're also launching our video analysis, or I am, my video analysis of, of you know select plays nationally, what happened, just to dissect the the scheme, the performances, the execution. And uh, we're going to do that for some national games for the Menace to Society crowd. And then also really going to jump into the Buckeyes this week now that they got a huge test with Cincinnati. We're going to put that out for the Menace to Midwest crowd. So uh, make sure you look for that. It'll be on our YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to that, do so. We'll also put it out on social media so you can check it out. And uh, if you get a chance, check out our other show, Menace to the Midwest, now on all uh, podcast platforms. You can go ahead and subscribe, uh, give us five stars, and, and make sure you check it out because it's going to be a, a much more specific and detailed show about Midwest football. So for, th- for those of you that are in SEC country or Big 12 country, you don't have to sit and listen to me talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes for 40 minutes, an entire show. You can listen to this show. And we'll talk about the national stuff with some under the hood inside stories. And then on that show, that'll be more about Notre Dame's, the Ohio States, the Michigan's, the Penn State's of the world. And also some, uh, you know, Cincinnati's and other teams that are relevant in college football, but specifically in the Midwest. So uh, make sure you check that out and thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you were entertained and hope you enjoyed it. And as we say, if you didn't, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Menace to society.